Beneath the clothes, we find a man. And beneath the man, we find his nucleus. Hello, everybody, and welcome to A Hispanard. Once again, I get to hang out with the man, the legend, producer Chris. Producer Chris, thank you for coming back again, man. I still appreciate it. Thanks. Yeah, I, when you were counting, I was doing the Wayne's World like five, four. <laughs> don't, don't nod your head. Okay. Stop counting with your mouth. All right. <laughs> I just heard... Uh, uh, yeah, Dana Carvey. I just heard Dana Carvey on a podcast. That that dude's hilarious. Like oh, yeah. he's he's like really charming. And and, and uh, I had just seen. I think you saw the movie. Um, and I, I think the sky. No, but no plastic. But no, no. Um, I think you said you didn't like it, but I, for some weird reason, it just tickled my fancy. Um, Amsterdam. Oh yeah. And uh, and the other half is in that movie. Uh, what's his name? Um, not Dana Carvey, but uh, Mike, Myers. Mike Myers is in that movie. Do you remember? Vaguely, he's like one of the Germans. Like it, it's yeah. him and and Michael Shannon. Yeah, you know, like uh, Zod. <laughs> it's yeah. both of them together. <laughs> I I didn't I I wouldn't say I actively like dislike that movie, but it was. Oh, I remember you said you hate. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it it wasn't for me. It, it was a good movie, but it wasn't for me. Yeah, uh, my friend who I saw the movie with thought it was hilarious but he's also on like a different level you know so we we were just yeah we weren't on the same floor is on, he, that, on that elevator. is he touched <laughs> no, quite quite the opposite uh, oh really quite the opposite yeah okay so then, i didn't think that movie was necessarily funny but i found it like interesting because it's based it's loosely loosely based on a true story and so on on a few different levels like i, I love Christian Bale mm -hmm. and uh I dude I can't ever remember his name but Denzel Washington's son yeah. um um not Isaiah Washington no that's the first thing I was going to think of yeah. I would say also but I like his I like him mm -hmm. and uh in fact the first time I ever came across him was on a show called Ballers that was okay. produced by The Rock Rock yeah yeah and so he was like a talented guy that kept messing up mm -hmm. and uh so I, I really liked his performance in that, and that's the first time I'd ever seen him on anything. And so since then, as he's popped up, like I really loved him in Tenet, you know, like even though that's a polarizing movie for people, I really enjoyed his, and I enjoyed Batman's performance in that movie too. Like, yeah. uh, what's his face? Panson. Uh, yeah, Panson, which Panson, I've not liked in anything. Like I, I, like I refuse to watch the Twilight movies and, you know, in general, I was just cold on him, but I really liked him in both that and the Batman. So I'm like, huh, like either I just had a complete misunderstanding of this guy or he's really worked hard to grow into becoming like an actor and not just a pretty boy. You well, know? you know, I won't tell Gray that you don't like the Twilight movies. According to him at the Grey's World Halloween special, Twilight's the best 
<laughs> yeah, please don't tell him. I, I, I think I played that clip like 20 times. Who's <laughs> saying that? It's the best, it's the best movie. <laughs> yeah, I don't want Faye to come after me. <laughs> it's a great movie, and I honor it every night. I have like, candles, you know, around the DVDs, <laughs> the box Flip net. Flip it on his head. <laughs> so, man, I have been waiting... Uh, I, well, number one, I I feel so like uh, uh, fortunate to have you back in town oh, again. Thank you, thank you. Because I feel like you're the person that I can ask this question to, and and you will have the answer. Chris, okay. how do we fix the MCU? What is going on, dude? You know, I I don't have. <laughs> Because you, you, that's a lot of pressure to just say like they have the answer. I guess if if I had to just shoot off the cuff, right? Because I'm doing the political like by time, like let me readdress the question as I'm like tap dancing from a dinner over here. Now, uh, if if I had to do something, I would just say, hey, you have an abundance of amazing stories. Like, why don't you just reach back in the stories that already exist and maybe update them a little bit, right? But of course, there are issues with that, right? We we have the whole thing with uh, it was like Brian Michael Bendis, where he was like publicly like going out there like Batman on Bat. Was it Brian Michael Bendis? Yeah, uh, Batman on Batman. I know who you're no, talking about. No, I wasn't. know who you're talking about. Yeah, we have to look it up so that way we can. It, I know you're talking about. It wasn't uh, Brian Michael Bendis. The, the other half of that, but writing. It, Yes, and he was basically talking about how I I I've helped to create the MCU, but I'm not getting any like kudos or benefit or anything from you know from that fact. Um, but I can't remember the guy's name. I'm looking it up right now. Yeah, yeah. I just I mean, there's a couple of things that I want to go timeline wise with you. That I want to get your take. Ed Brubaker. Ed Brubaker. Yes. And as I saw that cover. Yes. Like, oh, yes. Yeah. Ed Brubaker. Yeah. Cause he was publicly on there. He's like, you know, they invite me to the premiere and they're, it's super obvious that they use a lot of my story for this, but they're not citing me with anything. They're not giving me any extra money for it and stuff. Right. So if I had to guess, I would say that that's probably the reason why they're not reaching back into these old stories and pushing them through like they were before. You know what I mean, I agree. I I, I agree with you 100. percent of, of that, that's yeah. a really really good solid point. Yeah, I which one actually that I had not. I was thinking I was coming across this whole thing from a different perspective, of because I was I was like literally trying to figure out the timeline. And I was talking to Kenji about it. I'm like, there's a point in time where you've got John Favreau, James Gunn. You got the the writing duo of uh, McSweeney and and the other the other guy. You have the the Russo brothers. So you've got a, and then on top of that you got Joe Casada and uh, and I think by Michael Bendis and a couple of people. They're like architects. Yeah. A, and so they they come together and they create essentially what is Phase One through Three. And if you go back and you take a look at the uh, like interviews as as I've done over the years. At the very beginning, there was no such thing as a phase one. There was no plan yet. So Iron Man is a gamble. They put everything together. I mean, and it's so much of a gamble that that um, uh, the dude who played Rhodey, 
the first actor, Terrence Howard, Terrence Howard ends up making more money in that movie than um, than Robert Downey Jr. because Robert Downey Jr. is considered a liability mm-hmm. potentially, and nobody wants to, you know. So <clears throat> huge hit, and then they kind of like don't know what to do. They 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 have a loose plan, but if you, I don't know if you remember, like if you, you can remind me of the timeline. But does Iron Man two come out before uh, Thor or Captain America, or or do they manage to release one of those next? No, I I think it was Iron Man two was the next big one to come out, and 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 it's not until after that that they kind of like go, we've got something yeah. on our hands, and then the phases start to to be created. And I I say all that because I roll into this that or was was it the Hulk? It might it might have been the because then it kind of rolled it in. Yeah, yeah, it might have been the Hulk because yeah, it might have been the Hulk. And that's actually that's a great point because they start doing what Marvel is now, uh, you know, famous for. They start doing tags, so they start giving you that little taste of like, hey, come back because we've got more more story to tell uh, for you. So you see that through, from phase one through three. And then I noticed something that at the end of Doctor Strange, that tag, Mordo states, I'm coming for everybody that's a magic user. There should be no more magic users. And he like takes that dude's magic, magic abilities away from him at the guy that was sustaining his back, you know, with it. Oh, Benjamin Bratt. Yeah, it takes takes his power away, and then there's this looming threat slash promise. When we come to Doctor Strange two, that story everything is done away with. There's no call back to that moment anymore. Mm-hmm. And I I feel like if I'm tracking when things start to fall apart, it's 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 that moment of like we're not gonna come back to this. We're not gonna address this. Because I think you're right. To address it is to mine more classic stories, and they did lose a lot of like. Favreau's gone. He, he's jumped over to the Star Wars universe. James Gunn is gone. He's now the architect of DC. Uh, the Russo brothers are gone. They are, they have started their own production company, and they took the two uh, Marcus and McFeely. Yeah, they took both of those guys with them. So it's just you're you're left with uh, oh and. Uh, they quietly um, uh, forced retirement on Joe Casada. He didn't ask for it. Mm-hmm. You know, he he was he was retired by Marvel. Brian Michael Bendis jumped ship a long time ago. So everybody that was that created the thing that we loved from Phase One through Three, those people are gone. And there was no. It, it seems like there's no mentorship program that was executed bring up the next batch of writers and directors and you know like James Gunn has one left in the chamber but if I if I could predict I think that Guardians will will hit a billion I think Guardi- I think everybody will be hyped to go see and I think there'll be good word of mouth so I think it's going to hit a billion dollars but always with the intention that movie of this is it mm-hmm. like there will be no connectivity between this and whatever is coming in phase five 
other than whatever Feige and Marvel decide to tack on at the end of it that will probably not include a single member of the Guardians in that final tag. You know, what, I mean, what do you think? I mean, there there's always the opportunity for, you know, one or two of them to end up sticking around through it, right? Like, um, some of those actors are, like, really into the role. Like, you know, Dave Bautista, he's like, I'm done taking my shirt off on camera. He's out. <laughs> you know, yeah. So it's like, he's out. Um, it seems like uh, uh, Chris Pratt, he doesn't have any problems getting work, so it's really up to him yeah. how involved he wants to be. Same with um, my girlfriend's name. There's no Isel Donna. So Isel Donna. There's no lack of work for her. Brad yeah. Cooper, no lack of work for him. Uh, you know, we're up to like Fast 50. So yeah. Vin Diesel, you know, he seems to like money. So <laughs> it might seem more, we might seem more grew yeah. in the future, but it, it's really up to them. Like whichever ones want to stick around, but I can see that happening of like, I don't think they stick around without this, James. This is, this is where it's at. I, well, I don't think he's going to like hold any ill will. No, 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 no. I, I just, I, 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 I don't think that at all, but I, when James Gunn went through his cancellation phase and, and Disney fired him, uh, that crew specifically stated publicly, we will not come back for another guardians of the galaxy movie without James. Like they made that public and they held to it. And sure enough, Disney eventually, you know, understood the error of their ways and, and they caved and brought him back and he did part two. So I think that particular unit has, has been like a family, mm -hmm. you know, to, to one another. So I think like guardians lives and dies with James Gunn, not ill will, just like, Hey, this is, this is like the natural outcome of our time together, you know? And so, yeah, I, I don't see any of those people moving forward with any of their characters unless somehow Disney backs up the money truck, you know, like, and they don't have a lot of money to back up right now. Because family. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I just, uh, yeah, I, I mean, again, I, I could be wrong. Like, I, I didn't expect Ant-Man to make as little as it's made. You know, it, it, um, you know, I was telling you, I was listening to fam and beyond and Mark Bernard was pointing out like where the movie's at financially at the time of when they, they did their pot, when they recorded their podcast, the movie was at uh, 300 and something million worldwide. Currently it's sitting at 400 million worldwide, but that doesn't account for 250 to make the movie and 250 to market the movie. So the movie hasn't even broken even yet mm -hmm. and it may not break even, you know, um, which I, at the beginning of the Marvel saga, like sure that, that makes sense that if they might not, might not have broken even, but each, every single movie did, but to, to be at this spot now and to have people go, you know what? I'm cool. I'm just going to wait for it to hit TV. Yeah. You know, Disney plus like that is wild to me. That is that is wild. And I was entertained by, I, I, I found it entertaining, but all the flaws that have been, uh, you know, put out there about it. I, I a hundred percent agree. 100%. Would I recommend you see it in the theater? Yeah. If you like Ant-Man, you know, and, and if you, if you don't mind disconnected, you know, story of where it's going, but at this point, I don't know what Marvel wants. Do they want a multiverse? Do they want, uh, 
you know, a, 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 a variant of, of King, you know, like he's the, I, I don't, I, and I like that dude. That, that actor is like, yeah, he's like, dude, he's whole, he's holding it all together. Like just by force of will, like he's hugely entertaining, you know, to watch, like he's fascinating. You, you just saw him in Creed three. Oh, like, like he's amazing. Yeah. So yeah. Talk about that. Like, I, I don't know if you, you and, uh, and Gray have gotten the chance to talk, talk it through, but yeah. What are your thoughts on that movie? On Ant-Man or Creed three? No, Creed three. Well, oh, oh. well, uh, Creed three was excellent. Me and homegirl really enjoyed ourselves watching it. Uh, we saw the first one together and uh, she, she goes through these weird cycles and she's all like, I'm not interested. I'm not interested. Like it was cocaine bear. You could see that one by yourself. I'm not interested. I took her to go see it. She was like, I want to watch it again at home. And I, I was the one who was kind of like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> now she's like, I liked it. And the same thing when Creed two came out, she was like, I'm not, I have no interest in seeing that movie. I was like, what are you talking about? Like you love Rocky and, and you know, so I went to go see it by myself and I was like, dude, this was awesome. So I was excited for the third one. I dragged her out there and we both had a blast. Did she see the second one finally at some yeah, point? I saw it at home. Oh, yeah. She was like, that movie was really good. And I was like, yeah, I tried to take you to go see it. And she was like, no, I don't remember that. And I was like, I got the receipt. The AMC keeps all your stubs digitally. I can show you where mine was and where yours was. Because <laughs> I remember going on a matinee by myself on a weekday afternoon. To go see in the theater by myself i was like one of three people in that uh, tuesday afternoon yeah and i i had lived right <laughs> for ant-man uh i had a few issues with it like i think my main thing was just like to me it felt super joyless like it felt like a dc movie of like you know all rudd is one of the most like hilarious charming guys yeah you would ever see on the screen and the fact that he's barely even smiling in the movie, you know, it's just super serious. I didn't really care for uh, the girl who they cast as the daughter. I thought she was like a little annoying and not very likable. I like the girl that they the had one. cast. Yeah. After the five year blip, yeah, she was like, great. I don't, they didn't invite her to come back for this one. Yeah. That didn't make any sense to me. Like that actually was jarring because. Yeah. If this girl that they got, the, this new one, if she's a someone, I don't know who she is. Like, I have no connection to yeah. to her, but I had, I had a connection to the old one. Yeah. Like, so that was, yeah, that was like, why? Yeah. And uh, I hate to say it, but the other one looked more realistic, I guess you would say. Like, this one was playing a teenager, but I, can't, I couldn't yeah. stop thinking like, oh, she's 28. Yeah. Like, that's just what I like. Well, it, you know, you look at uh, um, Kit Bishop, you know what I mean? Like, she's playing the same type of, like, archetype as, as this girl, but she's pulling it off versus this girl. You're just kind of like, I don't think I would want to ever have a conversation with this woman. Yeah, yeah, it's, it was so yeah. weird. And, um, so there was that, and I, I, I didn't think it was very funny, and I don't think I was the only one who didn't think it was very funny because... We had a wide variety. We had senior citizens to preteens in the theater. And I think collectively in the entire theater, there was only like maybe a maximum of 10 laughs the entire movie. And then, you know, watching it and it's like dog in a bonnet, you know, it's like, really? Like, this is the, this is what you guys are pulling out versus like in the first two movies, you had Luis doing his thing and stuff. You know what I mean? 
Yeah, I, so, I I miss those guys. Yeah. Like when I looked at the entire movie overall, I kept thinking you could have fit them into the story. Mm -hmm. Like you really could have. They could have yeah. been like literally your guiding people on this end. Yeah. And they could have been the guys that ultimately save the day mm -hmm. and get the portal open. And how awesome would it be to have seen them bumbling through the technology yeah. to finally make it happen, you know? And even if if you had tied the the super intelligent ants to Luis and the crew and they help each other out and that's how it happens, like it would have been fun and satisfying. Yeah. Instead, like and one of the things that I've that I've read is that the movie got tested with uh spoilers, everybody, by the way, that uh it got tested with uh Ant Man dying and apparently that didn't go over well for everybody. So it kind of undo uh, it undoes the some of the things that we see in the trailer. Like, I don't need to win. I just need you know. I just need you to lose. And then you know, oh, you're you're Ant-Man. Which one are you again? Have I killed you before? Like that. That makes sense because I felt like the the whole thing of him going into the portal, where it's like, oh, it's going to be a final showdown, and then it's not, and then everything goes back to normal at the end that ending just didn't really make sense to me. And that was one of the reasons why I was kind of like, whatever, at the end of the movie, nothing really happened because like we met, we met this King during the movie. We lose this King during the movie. Like it, it was just kind of self-contained, but like overall, like I felt like it didn't really move his arc forward. And that makes total sense now that he was supposed to die. Yeah. He didn't die. And that's why it's just kind of like, okay, like, Whatever, here yeah. we are again. This movie is supposed to usher in phase five, but I felt like it didn't usher anything in. And again, this is coming from a guy that liked the movie. I, I liked it. I was like, it was entertaining to me. You know, I, but, but what they did is they, they pulled out almost like a, uh, a by committee move. Like, what can we throw in here that people are going to like? Let's throw in Baskin Robbins guy. Mm -hmm. Let's throw that in. Let's throw in the ants coming in, you know, heroically and and helping to save the day. Let's let's put in Bill Murray. You know, let's 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 do these by committee moments that are really not. I mean, the whole freedom fighter thing, even yeah, like was pretty flat. That part of it for me, and I enjoyed like Veb the the you know that gelatinous character or whatever but overall i just i had no connection to it. Well, this seems to be a pretty polarizing uh topic on the internet what are your thoughts of modok and his design i thought it was lame i thought his writing was lame i am surprised they didn't put like a comedian in there because i felt like this guy's timing of the lame dialogue was bad like if you had a comedian in there like doing this super serious like skeletor like i am the master of evil and him bumbling and sucking at it i thought that would have been better than having this like serious actor trying to do some comedy chops and not landing it the only time that modok is funny in the movie to me well there's two points in the movie one where he refuses to talk to scott until scott calls him modok and he's like, go ahead. That was funny, that moment. And he's off screen when that happens. And the other part that was funny to me when he when he was like, I'm an Avenger now. 
that actually made me chortle, like, you know, made me laugh out loud. But as a, as a longtime comic book reader, was I offended by the fact that they made MODOK what they did? Yeah, 100%. Am I a hardcore MODOK lover? No, not really. But my ultimate thoughts is like, I'm not, I'm not, uh, divided the way that, that the internet is, but at the same time, I felt like Marvel missed the opportunity with a potentially great character that could be very menacing. Like why, why waste your MODOK here when you could literally have them be part of a secret group called AIM that has world domination Mm -hmm. You know, henchmen, unlimited henchmen. Yeah, like, <laughs> like, why, why throw him away here? That that did that didn't make any sense at, at all. I I texted you guys uh, when he came out because I, I took a break to go to the bathroom, and I just I thought that his design was just like super bad and lazy. Like, I just was not. I I thought it looked dumb, like the the way that they made him. Where it's like. You could have them look gnarly. You could have them look funny. You could have them. You could have them look like a lot of things. And essentially, he looked like something that we could have made on our green screen now. I mean, he his face literally looked like a uh, like a stretched screen, mm -hmm. like a video screen, a stretched video screen over like a you know like the the shape of that head. It it doesn't have any really good dimension and like the the visual effects particularly on him are not good so it just yeah it makes him look cheap mm -hmm. and like you could have sculpted that character and made that part that that character made it like a uh whatchamacallit a a, a a special effect but that's in real life a um, oh, practical, practical effect they could have made that a practical effect you know, and I mean, Peter Jackson did it. So yeah. the Peter, so if you put the actor's face, you know, and you built that, the, the Modoc body around that, and then you have him be distant, you know, to give him the, the correct, you know, uh, in distance between him and the person that he's acting with, like you could have gone the extra mile, but I feel like that's the other thing that's been lacking a lot with, with, uh, MCU production. Is that they're not interested in going, you know? I mean, look, again, I love Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, but the eye at the end, yeah. everybody's right. That's that's not up to the the. I mean, when you've had not only Thanos, but you've had like his henchmen, and they look as good as they look, to to then go from the quality of that to again a third eye that could have been practically put in like with mechanical, you know, mechanical third eye that would open How much better would that look on screen. And you know that Sam Raimi would be down for it. Yeah. Like in a heartbeat. So the only reason it doesn't happen is not because Sam Raimi doesn't want it. Sam Raimi is not lazy. It's because Marvel says, nah, we don't, we don't have time to build that or we don't want to spend the money on that. We're just going to have this, you know, kid drop it in. Yeah. Yeah. And, it, and it, it shows that that's actually been kind of a, I watched a video. I, 
I don't know if you've seen the Mandalorian poster that's out right now, but he's like fun. Oh, I, I've been in LA okay. um, all weekend of him like sideways, like yeah. There's a there's a guy from Sweden who's a graphic designer, and he's like, "This is really bad design. Let me show you why." And the lighting is all off. The backpack is misplaced. You know the uh, the elements around everything, and he fixes it. He takes that poster, fixes the complete thing, and it's like shocking at how much um, how much better it is and so it's it's signaling that like hey we're not going to spend the money to make this look right right now you know like we're we're in we're at this point of like just slap it all together and and hopefully it just works off of nostalgia or whatever um speaking of the mandalorian i gotta say that episode one looked really good yeah, it did. Like it really it looked did. really good, really yeah. expensive. And yeah. I hope that the quality of that stays up the rest. Of the yeah, time. yeah, I agree. Uh, episode one was uh, I thought was a lot of fun, and you know it it might end up being like adventure to adventure to adventure. You know, I I don't really know. I I can't gauge how the rest of the season is going to go, but it certainly was fun to see those guys again, and it was it was hilarious to see spoilers by the way <laughs> to see. Uh, Grogu running around hugging Baba Frick. <laughs> Baba Frick! <laughs> that was pretty fun. So, yeah, I, I totally enjoyed it. I thought it was great. Um, you know, what, what a way to reintroduce him, right? Like, comes in saving the day in his ship. Yeah. Like, I, we were eating dinner, and I was literally, like, cheering, shaking my fist in the air, and homegirl was just looking at me, be like, patting me on the back, because I was just like, yes. That's my guy. That's my guy. That's him. Kenji was telling me, and I don't know why my kids thought the same thing. Like a lot of people had the same idea, and I don't know why I didn't. But my my kids, they're like, "Is this a flashback of like Mando getting baptized, you know, into the into the Mandalorian cult?" And I'm, oh. and I'm like, "No, that that's a that's they they're showing you the process for a, some new Mando that they're making." But everybody else thought it was Bando when he was a kid, and I'm like, no, like no, it that that didn't cross my mind for a second. But I was all like, no, there's no way because the chick with the horns and stuff. Yeah, he meets her later on. Yeah, she doesn't already know who he is. Yeah, yeah. When they meet, so that did cross my mind for a second, and then I was like, oh no, that's definitely not. And then you're watching it, and it's all like, oh yeah, he comes to save the day, but they're. It's not like they were setting you up for that, but they definitely were setting up as like a parallel. Yes. Of, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah. And then somebody pointed out online, like every season there's a monster, like in the opening, uh, you know, the, oh, the first episode. And I, I thought, oh, that's pretty cool. Like, I, I, I like that little yeah. through line, you know, whatever. So, yeah, I, I don't know, man. I, I, I dig it. I dig Mando, you know. What are your thoughts on uh, on um, Indiana Jones? Well, I, I'm gonna see it because I see everything. Right, right, right. I see all. <laughs> oh, maybe maybe that should be uh, my new thing, like, like the Watcher. Yes, <laughs> yeah. Producer Chris, the Watcher. <laughs> watcher. That's me, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like I'm the Watcher. <laughs> you are the Watcher. But it's uh, I see everything, but I'm gonna be honest, like. I, I'm not really buying it, and it's it's. I started noticing this with. It wasn't 
No, it was. It was um, Batman versus Superman. And then I noticed it even more in the Justice League specifically. But it's like you go from like someone who can't move super well to like in a full-blown CGI, like doing backflips and stuff. Because you would see that with Batflip. Yeah. He was, he was great. He looked great in the costume. Yeah. But like, you know, he's stacked. He's huge kind of lumbering and then you see these all cgi scenes and he's doing backflips like even in the comics you might see the jim lee batman like swinging around a little bit more acrobatic but he's kind of lean not maybe not like a bruce type right but he's like lean cut yeah you know, he's in a really flexible looking suit versus like you see the frank miller one and it's like this he's guy, a tank this guy's a tank yeah but he ain't doing any crazy gymnastics no i mean so now he's literally using his brute strength and yeah. size. Yeah. So with that being said, just over uh, Thanksgiving, I was hanging out with my grandpa, who's the age of Harrison Ford. And it's like, this guy is not riding any horses. This guy is not jumping from car to car and stuff like that. Right. So it's like for him to be like real world age, you definitely see the themes where in some scenes where it's actually him standing there and he's just kind of walking around and moving a little slower or whatever. But then in the next scene, he's like holding onto his hat, sliding under the table, you know? And it's like, I see the seams. And even though I know how many times did your hips turn into powder (laughs) over any movement that you've done at any time we see you on screen. Cause that, that's one of the things that I loved about the original Indiana Jones movies all the way up into the last crusade where it was like just outside reality where it's like, you know, pre John wick. You know what I mean? It's like, you can kind of like, okay, yeah, this guy was jumping from car to car and he was swinging around and, and barely pulling himself out of there. So it's like just outside of real, like me, this guy is just better than like somebody in real life. Yeah. Be if they were like in the yeah. tip top shape of their life. And then when you get to kingdom of the crystal skull, that's where it really goes off the walls with like him in the uh, refrigerator, the atomic <laughs> yeah. bomb. Yeah. Stuff, right. So I feel like this one, it's just more, of like that where it's just way too outside reality which it's fine in like star wars but in this it just doesn't match to the original movie this entire movie should be a series of basically him pulling a gun out on the swordsman and shooting him and then moving on this entire thing should be old harrison ford being like I'm way too effing old for this. Yeah. Just blam, blasting people <laughs> instead yeah. of like whipping everything around. Yeah, it it totally it it re- right when you were talking about all that, it reminded me of uh, uh, Picard. I'm a huge. Me and my wife are big uh, Star Trek nerds, and uh, we we got into Picard season one, and there's a point in the show where the character, you know, uh, Jean Luc Picard he picks up a sword and he like sword fights with someone else. And you're just like, there's no way dude. There's the credibility is, it's just too stretched. Like you can see how this guy's moving. Uh, my two year old would disarm him. It's just not. And so it just completely takes you out. One fascinating thing is where we skipped season two because it was garbage. And season three, 
it, everybody is moving and acting appropriate to their age. And I thought, oh, okay, this is, I mean, the storyline is really good. Like Picard season three is excellent. Anybody who's a Trekkie, I, I would recommend this one. You don't even have to watch season one and season two in order to actually enjoy what's happening in this third one. But yeah, everything is back to, you know, let me look. If you can uh, hold pattern for a second, <laughs> let me look something up just to kind of help put things in context for one at home. Okay. I'm, I'm gonna need a... Okay, I, I can go ahead and talk. So, guys, today I had uh, salami and I had cheese and I had uh, almonds. It was delicious. And then I had this. Uh, this is my lunch that I had today. And I also had uh, vanilla bean um, yogurt was excellent highly recommend that in the morning i have had a delicious uh, breakfast burrito and then tonight we killed murdered an entire pizza from round table which if you've never had round table you are missing out <laughs> sorry Siri. All right. so let me throw this out there okay harrison ford right actually let me look it up. Okay. <laughs> this to confirm, I got this right, because he, he's almost 80, right? Yeah, he's like 76 or 77 or something like that. I think Harrison Ford. He's 80 years old right now. Oh, he's 80. Okay. okay. All right. He's 80 years old right now. Going backflip. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In the new Jumping movie. from car to car. Yeah. In a Jones movie. When The Last Crusade came out, Don Connery was 59. What? Yeah. What? John Connery was 59, and he wasn't doing any kind of crazy... He was an old man. His big thing was, uh, you know, he gets the yeah. the ducks up yeah. umbrella. Right? Yeah. He was acting like an old man yeah. the whole time. 59. And we're supposed to believe that Harrison Ford at 80 is doing all this Indiana Jones stuff. Yeah. It, See what I'm saying? Like, yeah, it, it, yeah. It's, just, it's not computing for me. It's no. just like when Leia went space nun. it's just very computing for me i've never been to a movie theater that laughs so much at the wrong like for the wrong reasons at the wrong time as leia getting shot out in the space and somehow surviving that everybody's like no (laughs) everybody in my movie theater was like this is this is awful (laughs) that's i mean i'm gonna go see it right like i'm I'm just like uh, the raccoon that's over there like, oh my God, this is terrible. You should try this. Because <laughs> I, I, I see all. Right? Yeah. That's what I do. But um, yeah, I, I just can't say that I'm excited for it. And I just, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just going to go see it just because that's yeah. what I do. Right. I think the, the only movie that I straight up is like, nah, I'm not going to watch that. It was probably 80 for Brady. Which one? 80 for Brady. What is that? It's the one with like, uh, uh, it's all those, uh, um, 80 for Brady. Smoking in the band, Sally Field. It's like her and a bunch of other actresses that are around that age. Oh. They're, they're in this movie where they go to the Super Bowl or something. I don't even know the synopsis, but I was just all like, yeah, I'm definitely not seeing that. Wait a second. I Something just dawned on me right now. Since you are the man that goes to see everything, did you go see Magic Mike? No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I'll I'll tell you. No, but I I will tell you right now that had I been in town with Homegirl, 
Yeah, we might we might have gone and seen it. Really? Because our our whole thing. Because for um, well, I can't imagine that anyone in in the audience is like <laughs> at age that they don't remember the nineties. Right. <laughs> right. I, I'd have to imagine everyone in the audience is probably old enough to remember the nineties. Right. But like, I remember a time where you wanted to know even before like movie line. Right, where it's like if you want to know, you either had to call the theater, oh yeah, or go buy a newspaper, oh yeah, and then there was no guarantee that you would get to see the movie that you'd want to see. You'd yeah, show up and it's like, hey, it's sold out, or whatever happened, we're not showing a movie, so you would stand there because it's like, man, we made all this effort, yeah, to come down here, and so that you would look at the little celluloids and be like, what starts next? Well, we can go to get a slice of pizza and come back, or that one starts right now. We're already here. Like, let's just see that one. Yeah. Right? And we would go see that. And that's how I ended up watching movies like uh, There's Something About Mary or, or like Trial and Error. Like, there's all these like random movies I saw as a kid just because it's like, we're going to the movies. I don't care if it's rated R. Like, we're just going to go see whatever's there. So I missed that as the movies kind of like ushered into like the digital era. So it's like, the summer after I graduated high school, I remember every week we went to every single midnight premiere because that was like the heyday of we're just going to show everything at midnight. Yeah. Because before it was only special events. Yeah. Whereas like we, we might do a 1201, you know, like check back. I remember that summer, every single movie that came out, they were just like, oh, we're going to show it at midnight. And we I remember me and my buddy were competing for regal points, uh, my buddy Joey. And sometimes I think one week we went to the movies like every single day, the entire week. That's wow. Right. Cause that was just what we were doing. So then all those trailers would start coming out and then you would see the trailers. Then you started learning too much about movies cause they're giving too much away. Oh yeah. So the happy medium that I found in that was unless it's something that I know we're going to talk about. I try not to watch the trailer unless I see it in the theater. I right. Think, yeah. That's yeah, part yeah. of them. The second one is me and homegirl see whatever the big movie of the week is. So regardless of what it is, if it's um two tickets to paradise, the lost city, Batman, like, you know, the new Marvel, uh, quantum mania, whatever the big movie of the week is, we go see that regardless if it's uh, a rom-com serious movie whatever if there's other movies i want to see we might slide a second showing in but we usually go see opening night thursday night at like six (laughs) o'clock yeah we go see whatever the hot movie of the week is so had i been in town with homegirl magic mike weekend because i think i was out of town that weekend what movie came out that week i don't know there was another movie that came out that week oh uh i think it was blood and honey Oh, okay. I'm going to go see that one. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, I, pro- I probably would have saw it. <laughs> there's some movies like, you know, well, there's some movies me and, and the wife are not interested in seeing that all pulled those together. And then there's some movies sometimes that come out where she's like, huh? And I'm like, nah, I, I'm not interested. <laughs> you know, like it just depends on what it is. I mean, not Magic Mike was not one of them, but never, ever. Uh, it was, well, I'm like two extremes. The Magic Mike one, I had no interest in seeing. And then the one with Jennifer Lopez, where she's a stripper, I had no interest oh, in seeing. Oh, um, Hustlers. 
Yeah, Hustlers. Like both both of those to well, me. I'll tell you what, that was a great movie, and there was barely even any stripping in it. Like really, dude? I don't know how you pull off a movie with strippers where nobody actually gets naked. That is really weird. Yeah, it's really weird, but they pulled it off. It's an excellent movie. It's based on a true story. Uh, I yes, uh, well, both of those movies, Magic Mike and us yeah that magic mike is is basically so what when did you get out of the stripping game uh, oh you, you know back in the day but channing tatum that's his uh that that's his uh life story oh really yeah that, that whole thing's about him basically but um and he stole it from you and he stole it from me exactly back when i used to have a bot but uh uh funny enough the the girl uh the asian girl in the other movie with uh, jennifer lopez mm-hmm. uh something Wu cons Kansas Wu. Oh. Yeah, she was on the show Fresh Off the Boat. First yeah. Seasons of that show were hilarious. So you you heard about what happened with her with that uh-huh. show, right? Uh-huh. That controversy of like, I need to get off the ship. And yeah. like, people were like dunking on her. Yeah. Okay. So I, I, I don't think we talked about this, but, you know, I've been pushing uh, uh, the terminal list. Yeah. Because she's she's on, uh, right. on that movie. Yeah. I've never found her attractive ever. And there's a moment in that show that like one of the episodes, something is just right. Like, like it's, it's not the lighting. It's not, it's just something is right within the frame of the camera where I went, Oh, now I get it. Now I understand why she has been chosen, been picked Mm -hmm. to not, not only is she a great actress actually, but she's also, she is attractive. I just never found her attractive. And then all of a sudden I saw this, specific angle and i go oh no she is pretty that makes sense and yeah she's she does a great job that show i cannot say enough good things about like i was actually giddy where i complimented the show to to the uh creator you know uh jack hart and he like thanked me like oh you know, wow. yeah i was like yeah. i was like and most of them i don't care like if people respond back or not i'm like oh that's nice you know but uh the i'm in a couple times with, with the very few select like james gunn responded to me one time i i thought that was super exciting guillermo del toro meeting him in person that was super exciting and then jack carr like but there's been like you know and and then i've like checked in kevin smith which i could talk about now because i'm not part of the disneyland hotel anymore but years ago i checked in kevin and his whole family and i i told you that story right but man i cannot believe that i lost that card like ah what well, could have been, but oh well, it is what it is. Could have had your own pod empire. <laughs> probably, a, probably not. But could have been a Smodcast affiliate. But I could have at least watched the show <laughs> for free. <laughs> I was like, man, what? What if it was like alternate universe where you got the Fat Man co-host over Mark Bernard, and that would be crazy. So imagine that. That would be crazy. Yeah, I don't even know how that dynamic would play because. I think, I mean, I, th- I think everybody that, that Kevin has chosen to, to co, you know, be a, a, a co-host with and, and partner up with, I think they're really good because they are really opposite of him yeah. in, in a lot of ways. So that really works really well. I don't know that we, I think we'd just be geeking out and loving almost all the same stuff. I, I think you know? that you, you got it and you can be the, the critical aspect of it. Yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah, you'd be the critical aspect. You're, you're probably right. I, yeah. I probably would be. Yeah, 
it's that, like that's on Hispanic classic, <laughs> right? It's like you're, you're the critical part, and then meanwhile, it's like your partner over here is like everything is off. <laughs> yeah, dude, I, I still hold that against him that we went to go see the Matrix, uh, the, part four, and he tried to like, like, convince me that no, it wasn't that bad, and I'm like, that was the yeah. <laughs> that, that's what uh in 2022 everyone was afraid to is gaslighting yes he he gaslit me big time <laughs> i was like dude that this movie was awful and the movie knows that it was awful yeah as, as they're sitting there saying like no it's a reboot it's like no not a remake but you know watching that it's like son of a bitch Kevin smith did it better like when when he had Brody explain, you know, like the difference between a reboot and a remake and all that stuff. It's like, dude, he he nailed it. Like he he really hit the nail on the head yeah. with that. And then I felt like after he really took that stab at it and explained it like that, there was like a slew of movies after that tried to do the same thing where they tried to get all meta and break the fourth wall of like. No, remake and a reboot. Yeah, does not work. Dude, he he nailed it. He did it. Yeah. Did it. Yeah. Yeah, that movie was, to me, that would, uh, Matrix. Matrix 4 was awful. I did yeah. not like that movie at all. You, you know, it's a rough watch when even I'm like, because <laughs> I, I can usually find a lot of good in everything that I watch. And it, if I'm saying, like, I really didn't like that movie, that means that, that, there's some issues. Yeah, it, it it got so bad that I like, I rewrote the movie and pitched it to Kenji, and he's like, "I'd rather see that." <laughs> like, dude, if if I hate your movie that bad, I'll rewrite it and pitch it to someone. And <laughs> well, I mean, I think it was so ill received that uh, there hasn't been any rumblings of like a new universe spawning or all kinds of sequel. No, it's because they they left the ending open. Yeah, but then it was just all like, and people didn't like this movie. But just it really felt like oh, number one, both of the original creators, they both weren't part of it. It was just one of them. Yeah, that was one thing. So I think there's like, I think there's a definite magic with both of them. Um, because say what you will, like about their movies, um, I. I, 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 they don't make perfect movies in my opinion, but I enjoyed the first Matrix immensely, and I also liked the uh, Speed Racer. I love that one. Speed Racer is really good, but I also liked, um, yeah, Speed Racer was actually shockingly good. Yeah, because I had no interest in seeing it when I saw it. I, I really liked it, but the one they made with Tom Hanks, um, Atlas, um, Atlas Rising, is that what it's Cloud, called? No, Cloud, Cloud, Cloud Atlas, yeah. I thought Mer- that Mercury Rising. No, yeah, yeah, oh yeah, that that that's one where he's half dog, but uh, yeah, um, I appreciated that movie, although it was flawed. I appreciated like how much craftsmanship went into it, and and the effort that was attempted of like how they told the story through, you know, years and years, like spanning like you know all those years. So, I think there's something about them together that really clicks but with just one of them at the helm i don't know it just changed the dynamic a lot and then the things that they were trying to push in the the last matrix movie just didn't you know from 
the memory loss to them being rebuilt to nothing mattering but them being needed. I don't know. It, just, it was very, yeah, just to me, it just made me upset. And, and it undid the mythology of like the first three movies. Well, yeah, it was pretty much all like, hey, everything that you love was just a video game. It doesn't really matter. Yeah. And it's like, like, yeah. So, yeah, I just, you know, I, I don't want to end on a sour note. So, anything that you're looking forward to, uh, Mario Bros. <laughs> that's right. That's uh, right. I am on the hype train. I think that's the, the movie I'm most excited for. When, when does that come out? April. Okay. So, and I think I might go hit Universal before the movie comes out. Oh, nice. To go to go hit the park and go check out the world. So then, would you maybe coincide it with? Going to hit the park and then watching the movie at Univer- downtown Universal. Well, because they have an awesome movie theater there. Yeah, I, I've been to that theater before. And uh, heck, anyone out there, um, I've done a half day at Universal and I also had AMC Pass. So I did my free movie at AMC. It was for Venom because <laughs> okay. uh, I didn't. I didn't really care for that movie. Venom? Yeah. I didn't really like it, but we booked Venom, scanned our ticket, got our parking validated, walked past the theater, walked right at the exit into downtown or city walk, walked into the park, did a half day at the park, walked out, and uh, we were covered under our like four free hours of parking. That's rad. <laughs> so, so wait, you, you didn't like Venom? No, I didn't know that. Did, did you watch part two? No, I didn't even bother because I was just all like, wow. People were saying the second one was just more of the first. Yeah. I didn't really care for the first one. I tried to get through the first one and I couldn't get through it. Now, there's a lot of reasons why I didn't like it. One of them, it's just not connected to Spider-Man. So that, uh, in, in that sense, I'm a purist. So it really bothered me. But the other thing too that I just don't like is I don't like goo stuff i don't oh, like, like I you saying yeah I, I just don't like yeah. it's like the uh did you see prometheus yeah what did you think of that one i thought it was fine i didn't like it for this well i didn't like prometheus for the body like i I've, I've come to realize over time that i'm not into like chest busters or or things going into your body like i, I have a i don't know i i wouldn't call it a phobia but i have something Something that I'm like, no, that's just, that's your uncanny valley. Yeah. It's just, I'm like, I'm like, no, but also Prometheus made me upset because the decisions that people were making, I'm like, don't, don't do that. Like it, it, I felt like, uh, I'm that person who's watching a scary movie going, don't go in that door. You know, like yeah. it just, but I'm like, why would you, you can clearly see this thing is a monster. How do you expect it not to kill you? And you're sitting here going, hey, look, it, this thing's okay. And like, it just made me so angry. It bothered me. So, yeah. So I didn't, I didn't keep on with any of the alien movies, the the ones that came out later. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, it wasn't that, yeah, Prometheus was all right. But yeah, I, I did not care for Venom. I, I just thought it was kind of corny and like Tom Hardy doing it. <laughs> like building that and it's like dude you're supposed to be this like badass reporter like i've never met such an incompetent reporter in my life 
You know what I mean? Not that like I hang out with a bunch of reporters, right? but it's just you know somebody who's supposed to be like an investigative journalist or whatever. What's going on over here? What? How did she find my emails? <laughs> like that that whole like bumbling idiot who like making his way through life. Yeah, that does not coincide with the way that you're trying to paint this character. You know what I mean? So that's where I was just kind of like, um, I'm not into it. I just realized how we can close this out. What do you got? You saw The Fablemans. I love that movie. That was an excellent movie. So we just saw The Fablemans. I, I wanted to talk a little bit about that as as our final thing, like heartbreaking. Heartbreaking. Wonderful. Yes. Wonderful. Yeah. Like, uh, I, And the reason that even came to mind is because as you were talking about Venom, I realized that the, the girl who plays the mom... Um, what's her name? I don't know her name, but but you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. She, she's uh, she's the widow of uh, of uh, the Joker of um, Heath, Ledger. Heath Ledger. Um, man, I can't remember her name right now. But let's look it up real quick. But anyway, wonderful performance in that movie, and I, I had never read anything. I I don't even know. I've never even sought it out. Michelle Williams. Michelle Williams. Yeah. Like, oh, wasn't she from uh, Dawson's Creek? Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've never sought out a biography on Steven Spielberg. This movie actually m- makes me want to go look for one, a good one, and read about him coming up because, I mean, it, that's what it is essentially. And it's like, like a, I'm, I'm sure it's a condensed version. Like, I'd love to get like a more detailed one. In fact, looking at that movie has now really made me like, I wish that I could sit down and talk to him and, and get his full experience of like everything that he went through. Like I didn't, you know, if even half of the movie is accurate to his real life, like his dad was a computer, you know, which I think I've read later. It's a very thinly veiled biography. Yeah. Yeah. Where it, it's pretty much it. And one of the reasons why you haven't heard a lot of these stories and stuff was because um, I think was it JC from Fat Man? He was yeah. like sitting down and doing the interviews and stuff. And from what they were saying, that he was pretty tight-lipped with a lot of this stuff because they were kind of like skeletons in the closet in his family. Very, very tight-lipped about all that stuff for a long time um, until he aired it out and put it out there. So I guess in the Hollywood scene these things were known but not to like the general public and then now it's you know, he's the one that's putting it out there so, right and that came from his mom passing like not that long ago right i didn't know that i didn't even know his mom passed but i i already don't like seth rogan like i have a personal like i just don't like the dude <laughs> so to me he was like the perfect villain in the movie you know like I, 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 uh, yeah, that, it was fascinating to, to see the perspective of somebody who's basically born to two geniuses and both of them are broken in different ways. You know, like his father's very like stalwart and very like a, like a foundation, you know, like, like that's a person you're going to be able to count on, but at the same time, really broken in like just letting his wife kind of step all over him and, and really heartbreaking. Like, I love this person and she just doesn't love me back the way that I love her. 
Yeah. And I'm going to make it work no matter what. And, and he was willing to sacrifice his own happiness it, for her. Happiness. Yeah, it's it's crazy. And then to see her end of it, like, uh, unrealized potential. Like, she could go off and become this amazing musician and self-sabotage is really, you know, like it does not realize, that doesn't come to realization. And then to be in the middle of all that, like between these two geniuses and pursuing, I mean, you know, his mom encouraging that and then his dad begrudgingly accepting that. But then to see like, I mean, Steven Spielberg is, is responsible for a lot of joy in my life, mm. like a lot of childhood joy. So it was wild to see, you know, this, this story unfold and to see like how sad everything was. And I don't know, I felt bad for him with the high school stuff, but only kind of like, I, I was like, ah, that's bullying, you know, like it, it, it's terrible that it's centered on his, his, uh, religious slash you know his his ethnic background thing but that wasn't as impactful for me as like the family dynamic stuff you know like that was crazy yeah and and like uh the wonderful wonderful dialogue in the movie like i don't know how many times since i saw that movie i've said you know like you can't just love something you have to take care of it right yeah like how great of a line i mean you're gonna see that like on tattoos, on on platters. Well, it's the one division. Yeah, you know, uh, what what was the uh, thing in that? Like, uh, what is what is suffering but love? You know, something like oh, in reverse. Uh, it, yeah, like I forgot exactly about, but it was just like the writer who wrote that was like yeah. perfect encompassing of. Oh uh, no, what is suffering but not love enduring? Yeah, and you're just like, ah, uh, like you, you can put that on your epitaph. Like yeah. you nailed it, and it's the same thing with this. Yeah. Like, you know, if you love something, you got to take care. It just that applies to everything, and it's a double-edged sword because if you're not taking care of it, do you love it? Yeah, you know, and I don't think it's a. I don't think life is as simple as that. I think we can love a lot of things and still out of our own brokenness and out of our own like uh, undisciplined, like non-disciplined, we can still not care for things that we love. You know, I, I see it all the time. I've seen it all the time in my life and, and other people's, but what a great little line. Man, I, I got a one-two punch for you, man. If you just watch that, definitely drop what you're doing and peep Clerks 3. Yeah. Yeah, I won't give any spoil. I mean, I'm sure you might have heard spoilers. from. I have not, actually. Whatever, but uh, yeah, if if you're ready for a roller coaster and something like pretty impactful and, and it really brought it, like definitely check that one out sooner than later. Okay. Yeah, for okay. sure. For yeah. Sure. Uh -huh. It's already in your wheelhouse. Yeah, I'll, I'll get it, that. Uh, yeah, that, that definitely, there's a reason why that Clerks 3 ranked higher than the Fablemans on my top 10 of the year. Yeah. Wow. And uh, is one of those things where it it became a staple in the house. Like, it's probably 
the most referenced and quoted movie for me and Homegirl. Um, yeah, within the last like five years. Wow. Yeah, that's that. I mean, and like we were talking earlier off mic, right. Kevin Smith has always had it in him to not be just a good director, but a great writer, great director. Yeah. Great, you know, like it just he's you you you've always seen it, and then he's always like down talked himself. Mm-hmm. But I mean, just from what you're talking about right there, like you know, if it's if it's the culmination and the true closeout to that trilogy, and it does it in a way that like is that memorable, that's like come on, you know, that's growth. Mm. You know, that that's what that is. So Oh yeah. 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 That's cool. That's awesome, man. Yeah. Yeah. Check it out for sure. I will do that. And with that, we will go ahead and leave you. Chris, thank you once again for coming on, man. I appreciate it. Thank you for, you know, making some time for me. Oh, hey, thanks for having me. Your schedule's a lot harder than mine. <laughs> no <laughs> way, dude. You no have way. five other movie pieces. <laughs> <laughs> no way, dude. But I'm I'm so glad that uh guys uh first when you get a chance uh, I'm a I'm I'm still learning how to be a host. And so I'm I, I can say confidently that I'm a terrible host right now. But I will get better and better at it. Please, please go check out Grazy World Podcast. Go check out our brother Gray on Twitch. It's Grazy World on Twitch. It uh I think it's no. I think it's just uh, Grazy Game. Grazy Games. Their website. All of our links are on the website. Grazy dot game. Yeah, Grazy dot games. Go check the boys out. They are hilarious. I'm. Uh, I, I love listening to them. They're on my rotation. Like it just. If you want to, if uh, the way that I would describe the boys is like, if you want nice, calm, and, and funny, insightful, like uh, commentary on just everyday life like these are the guys because like i have certain podcasts where i go to where they're just like bombastic and it's just like ah you know but when i come to you guys it's like ah i just i got my warm blanket i'm about to put my warm blanket over i'm getting my cinnamon roll ready about to put on uh pirates of the caribbean the first one it's just like you guys are like a comfort blanket to me you know you guys are like a weighted blanket i'm like oh yeah i i feel like uh kind of reflecting on the show at times especially since you know we just hit our one year anniversary and stuff, I feel like the show. It's almost like the movie, like Inside Out, or something, where it's like if the show is the person, you have the two distinct like conscious inside. You know, where one of them is just all like, ah, you know, for I do it, I'm gonna go to the Grand Canyon, <laughs> and the other one is all like, no, I think that's kind of a a rough idea. I don't really know about that, you know. <laughs> You shouldn't do that yet. So you have like the two pilots in there just kind of like announcing things off each other. And that's that's a synopsis of our show, right? You got two different two different people piloting the same ship. And one of them's all like, hell yeah, you know, all the way. And the other one's all like, maybe I'll turn it down a little bit. No, that's the best, you know. <laughs> yeah, it definitely is. Some of that, like I'm gonna eat this pizza and I'm gonna do this this amount of cocaine. What do you think? I don't know if you should. Yeah, all right, I'm gonna do it. 
Oh, okay. I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to watch here and I'll call the paramedics. <laughs> but it's not even that extreme. The boys are awesome to listen to. So highly recommend. And I am counting the days down to San Diego comic-con where we can all be together again. And, uh, I dare say that, you know, we'll, we'll just try to get as many of these in as we possibly can, like do a, a, a daily, uh, 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 rewind, you know, and, uh, uh, and just talk about how the day goes. So I'm oh, looking yeah. forward to that for sure. But uh, Gray, we love you. Uh, we're sorry that we're not with you, but uh, I'll be with. I'll be on with the boys uh, in the in the future. Oh yeah, yeah. If you're familiar, yeah. we're we're still uh, working our schedule out. You know, we were pretty consistent. We actually hit our goal of one episode a week for an entire year. And then we've been trying to, to play catch up like in between, but just the issue of time zone oh, yeah. and putting everything together and then, you know, kids and stuff. Life and gets in stuff. the way for sure. Yeah. But, you know, just because you love something, you also have to take care of it. Right? That's right. That's right. And with that, we will say goodbye and uh, leave you how I always do. You guys drink your water, take your vitamins, eat your vegetables. We love you. And we'll talk to you later. Bye. <laughs>